Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. I'm excited to be here. We are in the middle of a series. Actually, today is the last day we're wrapping up this series called The Sounds of Revival. How many of you just love hearing my grandfather's voice and that sermon bumper video? It just does something to me, stirs me up, brings back so many memories. What an amazing, incredible man of God he was. I'm thankful for his voice that is still in my life. But we've been in this this series, Sounds of Revival. Pastor's done an amazing job uh, preaching through this series. We talked about in week one how one of the sounds of revival and the first sound of revival is the sound of God's call to us. God calling us to that place of revival, that spiritual reawakening. Because how many of you know, maybe you've grown up in church, you spend a while in church, every now and then it's easy to fall into church just becoming kind of a routine, right? It almost, it feels like a routine. Sometimes it can feel like an obligation and we really just lose sight of what it's all about. And every now and then we need that revival, that reawakening, that rejuvenation that brings us back into the place where God wants us to be close to him, following after him. Amen. And so if you've missed any part of this series, I really encourage you to go back on our YouTube page, our Facebook page. You can go to our website, life.cc. Catch up on this series. It's been amazing. Second week, Pastor talked about prayer, the prayer of repentance, prayers that exalt Jesus, prayer to be filled with the Spirit. Last week, he talked about the power of our testimony. And I know testimony is a fancy Bible word. Maybe you're newer to church. Listen, your testimony is just a story of how good God has been to you. It's just a story about how good God has been to you in your life, something he's helped you get through. And today, what I want to talk about in part four of this series, to wrap this up, I want to talk about sound of revival celebration. Celebration. Y'all are going to have to preach with me this morning. We're talking about celebrating. We're talking about celebrating the power of God. We're talking about celebrating his transformative work in our life. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody in this house, if there's anybody in Friendswood, if there's anybody watching online that can say, God has changed me and transformed me and I'm ready to celebrate it. Amen. Celebration. Celebration is just a vital part of the life that God is calling us to live. You hear pastors say it all the time. The best life, the greatest life that you are ever going to live is not the life you dream up on your own. It's not the life full of your own personal goals for education and business and family. It's the life that God has created you to live. It's the life that God has for you to live. That's the greatest life. And guess what? That life God created for you to live, it's full of celebration. It's not dreary. It's not a drudgery. It is the best life, the happiest life, the most exciting life you can live. Of course, that's what celebration is all about. Celebration is simply gratitude. When we celebrate something, we're showing our gratitude that this thing happened, right? When we have a celebration, we remember Certain celebrations happen every year, our wedding anniversary, right? We celebrate being married year after year. 
That's something that we can look back and remember and be thankful for and celebrate. You know what I love to do, my wife and I? You know what? I, sometimes I just love to be sitting down with her and I, I love to just talk about, hey, remember our first date? Remember our, fir- our first date was like nine hours long. And it wasn't, I didn't plan on it being nine hours long. I took her to the Museum of Fine Arts because I'm a distinguished gentleman. <laughs> I took her to the museum and we walked around and I tried to you know, impress her with my knowledge of different types of paintings. And then the date was over, that, that part of the date was over. I didn't want it to end. So we walked outside of the museum. We're walking across the street. Mind you, this is the first date. This is the first time we'd actually ever met in person. We're walking across the street. I just, I'm very chivalrous. I said, is it okay if I hold your hand? Of course it was. So <laughs> held her hand there, decided, you know what, let's go get coffee. We went and got coffee and then coffee was done. I said, I don't, I'm not ready for this to be over. Hey, do you want to go to this park over here, Bayou Bend or something down there? I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> Listen, you know, I was feeling it because your boy don't walk too much. I'm not the kind of guy that just says, yeah, I think I'll go outside where it's really hot and humid. I sweat up here preaching to you guys when I'm in the AC. Come on. So you want to go for a walk? Yeah. Holding hands, walking. That was over. Well, it's about dinner time. Would you like to go get some dinner? Yeah. Go get dinner. Dinner's over. Oh, there's a movie at nine o'clock. Would you like to go see a movie? Yeah, sure. That was our first date. I love just sitting and talking. And that, that talk, it just turns into, remember whenever... I proposed and remember our first kiss and gentlemen, young men, let me tell you something. Before I kissed her, I made sure she knew my intentions with her. I told her the only, the reason I'm dating you is because I want you to, I want to see if this is going to be something where you become my wife. And we talk about those things and you know what? That's celebration. Talking about it, talking about our story, talking about all the good times that is celebration, remembering. And there's something in us as human beings. Are you with me this morning? There's something in us as human beings where we desire the opportunity to celebrate. Any culture you can study throughout history, you're going to find a big part of that culture is celebrating some form or fashion. Throwing celebrations, throwing anniversary parties or things that mark a national victory or something, having a a celebration around those things. Think about every 4th of July. We are celebrating the independence of our nation. I mean, this is just something that, that is unique to human beings. It's like God has put it in us. God has created us to value celebration, for it to be something that feeds us that helps us, that makes us stronger, that makes us better, that helps us to remember our victories. Celebration helps us remember the things that God has done for us. Looking back, when we have this attitude and this lifestyle of celebration, we're remembering, we're recalling, we're looking back and we're saying, God was so good to me at this time. God was so good when he did this in my life. God was so good when he did this for my parents. Hey, parents, this is why it's so amazing and so important for you to tell your story and your family's stories to your kids. I still hear so many stories about my great-grandparents who I never met, 
hear stories about how God came through for them and how there were miracles that showed up and God works out something miraculous in my family. Those stories have been passed down generation to generation. And you know what? Scarlett, Imogene, and Ira are going to hear all those stories about their great-great-grandparents as well so that they can be part of the celebration. Amen. This is how important celebration is to God is in Leviticus 23, when God is giving the law to the nation of Israel, he commands them to celebrate. I, I don't know about you. I know sometimes when we read the Old Testament, it can just really feel like, I don't know about, like in my mind, it's like God is saying, you're going to do this, big booming voice, right? So I just want you to imagine God's giving the law. He says, you are going to party. Seven times a year, you shall have a celebration. You think I'm making it up? See, there's a part of me, friends, there's a part of me where when I was preparing for this message, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go through the seven festivals in Israel. I'm going to correlate them for what they meant to the Jewish people then and what they mean for us now in Jesus Christ. And I was going to have this big, long, elaborate sermon for you guys. I'll spare you of that. I'll save it. For another time. The point is, God wanted his people to celebrate their seven festivals that he commanded them to have. The festivals were meant to look back and remember how good God has been. And every year after year after year, generation to generation, they would come together and celebrate. And God, the way that he commanded it is that these celebrations happened in different seasons with, with just life. What he's, what he's wanting to do is just put it in his people saying, whatever season of life you're in, I want you to celebrate. I want you to make time for celebration. Celebration. And you know what revival is? We talked about it. It's a reawakening. It's a rejuvenation. It's a renewal of spiritual life. And you know what's going to help revive you? Is if you will just celebrate something that God has done for you. I think so many times we can have this this mindset about Christianity. And look, I'm not saying this celebration is what it's all about. I'm saying this is a big part of it. I know Jesus told us to take up our cross and follow him. And a lot of people just, I've seen people, I've grown up in church, so I can say this. I've seen people who think that following after Jesus means they get zero fun. They are not allowed to enjoy it. If they start having too much fun, they like get convicted. Like, oh God, I got to go on a 40-day fast now because I just had too much fun hanging out with my family. Had too much fun playing that round of golf with my friends. So I'm I got to consecrate myself back to this life of no fun. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. And I know there are seasons. Amen. Hey, we can clap that. Amen. Amen. I know there are seasons that we walk through where we are called to things like consecration. Pastor talked about in week two, that prayer of repentance. There's part of us that needs to grieve our sin. We're not going to celebrate our sin, but you know what we can celebrate is the forgiveness that God gives us through Christ Jesus. Amen? Celebration is a big part. It's key to revival. It's key to that reawakening. And maybe you're new to church and you've, you don't need necessarily a revival, but you need an awakening. You need that moment where this all becomes real to you, where you are dead in your sins, but you become alive in Christ Jesus. You need that awakening. And we, the beginning of this year, 
What we felt like God was speaking over this house was that this was a year of awakening for you, for your families. This is a year of awakening. And celebration is what stirs that up. Celebration is what's going to stir that up. Every time I hear my grandfather talking about how we need revival, something inside of me stirs up. Every time I think about how good God has been to me and how good God has been to my family, it stirs it up. And you know what happens when I talk about it? It just keeps getting stirred up and I talk about it more and more and I start celebrating with other people what God has done for them and I'm revived and I'm awakened and God's working in my life. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's talk about celebration. My first point is this. Why it's so vital for revival is this. Number one is celebration creates connection. Everybody say connection. Connection. Celebration creates connection. And I kind of have sub points there. You can see that. It creates connection to God and it creates connection to God's people. I'm not trying to take up too much of your time, so I'm going to briefly, I'm going to tell you my story. Life Church, y'all better not, y'all better not get tired of me telling my story. Friends would. My God has been so good to me because you are looking at somebody that was destined for a life of pain. I was headed for destruction. I was caught up in substance abuse, substance addiction, a warped view of sex, unhealthy relationships, depressed, divorced, at the end of my rope. That's who I was. See, I know you get to see me up here and you're, you're thinking, man, this guy's just so awesome. He's so put together. He looks so good. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got beautiful children. Y'all don't even know how good God has been to me. God has been good to me. Because I'm somebody that was lost and hurting and broken and didn't know where to turn. And I was hopeless. I was laying in bed hungover. All right. Y'all know how you get hungover, right? If you don't, good. I won't tell you. I was messed up. I was messed up. I can't tell it because y'all, listen, if I really told you, you'd be like, my God, I was messed up. I had lived a life just given into everything that I wanted, chasing after things that were just pleasing to my flesh, to my ego, to my pride, to lust. I was messed up. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost arrested me. Oh my God. Woo! Oh God, I thank you, God. You see, it's hard for me to even talk about it without crying. Because even when I'm preparing my message, I just put in my notes, tell your story or whatever. Even at home, sometimes I just get so excited and so thankful. I have to turn on some loud worship music and jump around in my living room like a psycho. And if you're not doing that, you need to start doing that. Oh, I'm so thankful for God rescuing me. Sin had me messed up. Sin chewed me up, spit me out, and was grinding me down. And God showed up in my bedroom when I was hungover. I didn't, listen. 
I hadn't just got out of church and read the Bible a certain amount and I didn't look the part. I still smelled like Jack Daniels. And I'm laying in bed crying. I'm laying in bed crying, a single father in debt. My life's going nowhere. And I'm wondering, should I, is it even worth it? Hadn't spoke to God or turned to God in years. And it was in that moment, as messed up as I was, where I just called out and said, God, I need you, God. God, I need you, God. Woo! And I'm, I was so full of shame in the moment, thinking, how in the world am I going to ask for forgiveness of all of these terrible sins and the terrible things I've done, how am I, how is God ever going to want to have anything to do with me? And it was in that moment, oh God, it was in that moment that God showed up. I felt so much love, acceptance, and joy, and hope. The Holy Spirit filled me, baptized me. I was speaking in tongues. And all I had in that moment was a fire and a burning desire to get my life together. God showed up. He said, Bo, I love you no matter what. I love you in your mess. I'm here to walk with you. I'm here to give you strength. I'm here to give you wisdom. Oh, and I couldn't help myself, but you know the first thing I wanted to do was tell people. So I called my dad as my witness on a Saturday morning, hung over. Dad, you're never going to believe what just happened to me in my bedroom. And from that moment on, it just started me on this path of redemption where God was working in my life and transforming me I couldn't stop celebrating it y'all I had to tell my dad and then I would tell my family and then I would tell my friends and I got to go with my dad certain times to different conferences of being around other church leaders and church pastors and it might be weird but the first thing I would do when I would meet one of these new pastors in the area said let me tell you my story and I would chew their ear off for like 30 minutes. This is what God has done for me. And they would just be standing there sometimes like, wow. Okay, man, nice to meet you. I was celebrating. I was celebrating how good God has been to me. And I was telling, you know what's awesome is I would tell other people, this is what God has done for me. And then you know what started happening? People started saying, well, let me tell you what God has done for me. You went through that. I went through something just like that. This is what God has done for me. And you know what started happening? My party just kept getting bigger and bigger. People celebrating with me. And then I got to join in on other people's parties celebrating what God has done because celebration connects us to God and to God's people. You've got to tell people what God has done for you. You've got to celebrate what God has done for other people. Amen. That's why it's so important, I think, part of this is celebrating and telling your story to people because it's going to connect you. It's going to, to spiritually link you to people who you might not have even known they walked through the same, some of the same battles that you went through. Now you're in a position where you can help somebody else going through that kind of situation. And you know what you're doing is you're not just joining people's party, but you start walking through life with those people. You, you get the right people in your life where you can celebrate together. You can hold each other accountable. You can pray for each other. You can check on each other. 
That's why it's so important for you to get in a small group. They talked about it on the announcement video. Listen, don't let small groups intimidate you. We're not going to put you in a room and put you in the middle of a circle and say, tell us everything you've ever done wrong. (laughs) That's not what it's about. It's just about you meeting the right people. People that are pursuing Jesus. People that are going in the same direction. Not pulling you all sorts of different ways. Getting you into things you shouldn't be involved with. Acting up. You know what I'm talking about. You need the right people in your life. Life.cc slash small groups. You can find a group group that's right for you today. I remember so much about when I was young. And I'm going to hurry, y'all. I'm going to hurry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the clock. When I was growing up, we'd have a special revival week. We'd have church service Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, twice on Sunday. Y'all don't. Y'all don't. Some of y'all know. Wearing us out. You know what was so amazing about those revivals that we would have? is not necessarily the preaching. Preaching was great. It wasn't necessarily the worship. The worship was great as well. All of that works together. But it was just a buzz, like an electricity among the congregation where we would just walk in united saying, I can't wait to see what God is going to do tonight. I can't wait to see who God is going to set free from addiction tonight. It was this buzz. The whole congregation was connected to each other and united. We were saying, we can't wait to see what God is going to do. Here's an example of this kind of connection. Paul writing in Romans, he's writing to a church in Rome that he's never even met. This is what he says. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. You know what that means? People were celebrating what was happening in Rome. Have you heard about what's happening in Rome? Have you heard about this person getting saved and this person being healed? Have you heard about everything God is doing in Rome? And then it reaches the Apostle Paul's ears and he writes, I, can't, I thank God for your faith being reported all over the world. God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers all the time. Paul saying, I've heard people celebrating about you and guess what? Now I'm celebrating you too. And I pray that now at last by God's will, that God, I'm sorry. And I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. See, he hadn't been there yet. He's longing to go see them. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. He has this connection to this group of people that he's never met, that he hasn't even met yet. And the connection is that there is this celebration happening about what God is doing in Rome. And he's writing, he says, I can't wait until I can come and celebrate with you and that we can encourage each other in our faith. It connects us to God. It connects us to God's people. The second thing celebration does is it builds momentum. Celebrating builds momentum. In the book of Zechariah, Zechariah is a prophet. It's a prophetic book. I read it last night, and it's full of crazy stuff. It's full of, it's full of these weird images. He's having visions. And listen, you have weird things happen when you dream as well. So there's a, there's a part, there's a scripture in the, in the book of Zechariah where 
the children of Israel are coming to the end of their time in captivity in Babylon. God's putting it inside of them. God's putting it inside of their leaders to rebuild the temple that has been destroyed in Jerusalem. And so much of this book in Zechariah is God speaking to him, calling Israel to rebuild the temple. And in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, God speaking, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Now, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to read that again. And I want you to catch this. Do not despise these small beginnings, these things that might seem insignificant. These things that you think aren't worth celebrating. Don't despise the small beginnings because the Lord celebrates when He sees the work begin. He, re- he, he rejoices to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand, which is another man that's in this, a figure in this story. What God is saying is, I rejoice just to see the work begin. So don't despise the small beginnings. Don't take it for granted whenever you make up your mind that you're going to come to church. Might seem insignificant to you, but you know what God is doing? You know what heaven is doing? Celebrating. Amen. I'm going to go back now. I'm doing this out of order, and I think that's okay. The reason that God loves these small beginnings and loves to see the work just begin is because it's nothing that we do on our own. Zechariah 4, 6 says, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It's not by force nor by strength. It's not by might nor power. It's nothing that you do on your own, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So you waking up one day and deciding, you know what, I think I'm going to give church a try. And maybe you haven't had that encounter with God that changes everything yet. Guess what? God is rejoicing that you have started the work. So let me talk about this part for a minute, because like I told you my story, how messed up I was and strung out I was and warped my thinking was when God showed up. And I had that amazing encounter with him. You want to know something? I still had a lot of issues. I still had a lot of problems. It wasn't like magically like, ah, I'm never going to do drugs again. Ah, I'm never going to get drunk again. I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do that again. No, that's not what happened. I still had a lot of problems. I still had a lot of issues. I still had a lot of sin that I needed to work through. But the amazing thing in my story is this, that God showed up and said, I am ready to walk through this with you. I'm ready to go with you, Bo. And I'm going to help you along the way. And I'm going to give you wisdom for difficult situations. I'm going to give you conviction when you mess up. And I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. And sometimes I'm going to pull you and drag you. And can I tell you, I don't have the the same issues that I did back then. I don't have those issues today. But it was a process. What happened was, step by step, decision after decision, healthy choice after healthy choice, I was building momentum. It started with me just crying out to God and asking for forgiveness. And it started my journey of little by little, Year after year, month after month, day after day, building momentum, doing the things that God had called me to do. And 
I'm not, I had to look this up. I don't know anything about this. Newton's laws. I don't know. Are there any like mathematicians, engineers in here? The law of momentum. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down super easy here without getting into all the, I don't know, E equals MC squared stuff. That's Einstein. I don't see you. I just preach the Bible. I don't do math. The law of momentum states that an object will keep moving in the same direction unless it's influenced by an external force. Oh, man, we're going to encounter some external forces in this walk of faith. You're going to encounter an external force in your spiritual journey as you're following after Jesus, as you're trying to consecrate yourself to God, you're going to encounter some external force, right? But... The more and more momentum you have, according to Newton's law, he said it, not me, it's easier to keep a moving object in motion. So as long as you get that ball rolling, as long as you, it might be going super slow, but as long as you get it rolling, it's easier to keep it going. The worst thing that you can do is get the ball rolling and repent and get baptized and then walk away from it. And you stop pushing the ball and you stop building that momentum because then when the external force hits, it might cause some momentum in the other direction. You follow me? It's hard to stop something that's got a lot of momentum behind it. And the, the more and more momentum you build, the more and more momentum you build in your life with spiritual disciplines, with self-discipline, the more and more you allow God to work in your life and challenge you on some things, challenge some of the mindsets that you've had, the more and more you allow God to build this momentum in you, guess what? It's going to be hard to stop you. doesn't matter what the enemy throws against you. You're, going to, you're just going to roll right through it. Yeah, you might still feel that external force. You might still feel those hits, those punches, but you've got a lot of momentum. You've got years of practice. You've got years of God saying and showing you how faithful he is. You know what? This is what I want to do. If you are somebody who has walked with God and can testify to his faithfulness for at least 20 years, will you raise your hand? Yeah. My goodness. Thank God. Let's celebrate this. Keep your hands up. You've been walking with God 20 years and you say, he's never let me down. 30 years. Who's been walking with God 30 years? Who's been walking with God 40? Friends, well, you're not exempt. Raise your hands there. People online, put in the comments. Who's been walking with God 40 years? He's never let you down. Who's been walking with God 50 years? He's never let you down. Who's been walking with God 60 years? He's never let you down. My God. Will y'all stand up? Those of you that still have your hands raised, will you stand? You've been walking with God 60 years. He's never let you down. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are good. God, you are good. Okay. Who's been walking with God 65 years and God's never let you down? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, can I tell you, I want that right there because I've been walking with God six years and he's never let me down. 
I've been walking with God and he has never let me down. And one day I want to be able to stand up. I've been walking with God for 65 years and he has proved himself to be faithful and good. And he has walked through life's battles with me and he has fought for me. I want that. I celebrate you. There are some things, and I'm hurrying, there are some things, you know, maybe, this is another thing, maybe you don't have that elaborate testimony like something I just shared with you. There are certain things that we can all celebrate, and it doesn't matter what kind of life we've lived, it doesn't matter what our Christian life has looked like up to this point. You know what? I celebrate the people that never had to face the things that I face, and they just grew up faithful in church, serving God. Thank God. And I'll just speak to that for a minute, because I feel like sometimes there's this appeal of like, ooh, that pastor's got tattoos. That pastor, he's, he one time was a really terrible person. He was really messed up once. He knows what it's like to party. And I understand it's nice to have a, a resonating story that you can identify with. But thank God for the saints and the people and the ministers and the people who have just gone, grown up in church and God has kept his hand on them and they have been faithful to God and he has been faithful to them. And they don't have to tell stories like I just told. Oh my God. I feel to do something right now. My wife, my wife and I, she's with the baby. We were praying together. And my wife and I have similar paths, similar stories to church, to God, to where we are today. Didn't always, didn't always work out the way we wanted. We, we both have a lot of regrets, a lot of shame that God has dealt with. And we were praying together one day, and I just prophesied over my children. Prophesied over my children, God, my children are not going to have to learn about you the way I did. My kids, they're not going to have to have the same experiences that I had to have before I knew how real and how good you were. God, you are going to keep them from that kind of life. They're going to grow up in the house of the Lord. They're going to know how good you are, and they're going to live for you all the days of their life. My God, and I feel like saying that over your There's somebody in here. There's a family, a young family. There's a young single mother, single father, and you're worried about that. You've had a similar experience to me. The world chews you up and spits you out. Now you're worried about your children. Maybe they're in life kids right now. Let me prophesy something to you right now. They're not going to have to learn about God the same way you did. They're not going to have to go through the same hard knocks that you went through until you realize that God was the rock you could build your life on. They're going to know. They're going to know because of your testimony. That's why you have to celebrate. You have to celebrate. You have to celebrate how God has been good to you and how he saved you. I tell my daughter Scarlett, oh, Lord. You know what I tell my daughter Scarlett, eight years old? She's so wonderful. I say, your daddy was messed up before Jesus changed him. I said, Scarlett, daddy was not a good man before Jesus changed him. And her little face, what? What? I know it's hard to imagine. Dad, you're amazing. You're the greatest. <laughs> and as she gets older, I'm going to tell her more and more. No, 
I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was messed up. I was a terrible person. And then Jesus came into my life and he gave me so much hope and he gave me so much joy and purpose and meaning. And you know what's happening in her little mind is, wow, Jesus is really cool. Jesus is great. I'm so glad that he did that for my daddy. And more and more, the older she gets, I'm going to keep telling her, Jesus saved me, Scarlet. He transformed everything about me, Scarlet. I was headed for destruction and he saved me. He saved me. And you can depend on him. You can walk with him. Parents, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Celebrate. Tell your story. Tell your parents' story to your kids. Celebrate what God has done for you. Last thing is this. Celebration brings anticipation. Everybody say anticipation. We can look around right now in the world and it's obvious bad stuff happens. Terrible things. Evil things. Painful things happen. Jesus told us. Michaela said it during worship. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. You see, we can get in a place where we are anticipating the bad things. We can get in a place and in a mindset where we're just waiting for the next rock to be thrown at us. The next bad report. The next fight. What if... Instead, what if instead of anticipating the disappointments in life, we just started anticipating the goodness of God? What if instead of anticipating all the problems that might come our way with our health, with our finances, with our children, and worrying and stressing and having anxiety about those things, what if instead we anticipated God's going to show up in this situation? God's going to bring a solution to my problem. I'm not going to worry about it because the God I serve is going to make a way for me to have victory, to have healing, to have success, to have joy. It brings anticipation. And the more and more you celebrate Year after year, day after day, the more you celebrate how good God has been to you, you know what it's doing? Oh, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what God is going to do next. Can't wait to see what God is going to do in life, church. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in the lives of my children. I can't wait to see it because God has proven to me that he's faithful and that he's good and that he works all things for my good. And I can't wait to see him do it for you and for you and for you and for you and for my kids. Anticipation. World's going crazy right now, but you know what? There are some things that we can celebrate no matter what. We can go to our Father and be forgiven of our sins right now. Did you know that? You can walk boldly into the throne room of God and ask him to forgive you, and he will forgive you. Thank you, Lord. You should celebrate that. You should celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to live inside of you. That God wants to live inside of you. That's worth celebrating. Here's something to celebrate. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready for that day when our King comes back? 
Will you stand with me? Celebration connects us to God, to God's people. Celebration builds momentum. Celebration brings anticipation. So you know what? I got a little acronym for you. I think it's an acronym. I don't know. ABC. Everybody say ABC. Always be celebrating. I know it's confusing because in sales, ABC means always be closing. Little office joke. <laughs> Little Michael Scott. That was super inappropriate in this moment. ABC. Always be celebrating. Celebrate. Celebrate. Maybe you feel like you don't have anything to celebrate. Can I tell you Jesus came to seek and save you? Celebrate. Because heaven's going to celebrate. There's a lot you have to celebrate. If you're breathing, God's not done with you. If you walked in this place, God has something for you. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. Like you mean it. Come on, Friendswood, like you mean it. Jesus, there is no one like you. You are good. You are good. Your mercy is new every morning, Lord. We praise you. I would like the prayer team to come here. Prayer team and Friendswood as well. Please get ready. Pastor Nick over at Friendswood, be ready to take it back. This is, this is what I would like to do today. Something a little different. In this moment, we have our prayer team in both locations. If you're online, let us know how we can pray with you, pray for you. But this is going to be a little different. I want you to help me out. Now, you just got to stir it up. You got to get stirred up for this moment. Because I know you've walked in carrying some burdens. I know you've walked in carrying some pain. I know you got some things on you right now that feel very heavy. We're going to have an opportunity here for you to come to one of our prayer partners here at Friendswood and partner with them in prayer. Tell them what's going on in your life. Our approach is going to be different though. All right? Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Friendswood, you ready? Because today we're going to celebrate. If you have a testimony, if God has been good to you, come and celebrate that with a prayer team member. If you have a problem going on in your life, if you have sickness happening in your body right now, we invite you to come pray with thanksgiving and with praise. Man, the best way that you can enter into the presence of God is with thanksgiving and praise. Yeah, my life is messed up right now, God. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I praise you. I trust you. I give you thanks for how good you've been to me. Let's just have that attitude. Just let that momentum build up. Just let that momentum build up. The devil's not going to know what to do with you. The devil's not going to know what to do with you if you have that kind of attitude. So I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to hand it back over to the team here. I'm going to hand it back to the team at Friendswood. And as soon as I'm done praying, they're going to lead us in a song that is a song of celebration. And if you want to stay where you're at and worship, I, I encourage you. If you can we have a, the baptism team get ready? If you need to be baptized today, we have everything that you need. Friendswood, we can work it out. I'll have a team member drive you over here. We'll, we'll put you in the tank. You want to be baptized today, let a team member know there. While we're celebrating, if you want to be baptized, it's going to happen while we're celebrating. If you have something going on in your life, come tell our prayer team. We're going to pray with you and we're going to celebrate God's victory in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for how good you are 
There is no one like you. There is none beside you. We could search the entire earth, every philosophy and every idea and every government and every leader, and we could not find anything that compares to you. You are our treasure. We thank you, King, for how good you are to us, that you came and pulled us out of the mud. Oh God, you weren't too high and mighty to get down in the mud with us because you love us. You came to us when we were low, when we are sinners, when we were your enemy, and you said, I love you. I've got a life for you. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for your life. And we celebrate that today, Lord. Let there be revival in life, church, and in our lives, and let us celebrate everything that you have done, everything that you are doing, and everything that you are going to do. We thank you, Jesus, and everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Friendswood, the team's got it there. Let's worship together.